Couch Chats is a series of real, open, honest and raw chats with some inspiring friends and women I have had the privilege to meet along my entrepreneurial journey, as well as some solo episodes from me. I hope this podcast can inspire you to always dream big and make it your reality. I am your host, Jess Williamson, a serial entrepreneur and business coach. And today I have the incredible Samantha Wills joining me on the Couch Chats podcast to talk all about her business journey and her newest book of Golden Dust that has just launched on Tuesday. So Samantha Wills, if you are not familiar with her already, she is the amazing founder of the jewelry brand Samantha Wills and she started her brand at just 21 years old creating this stunning jewelry pieces at her kitchen table her brand grew super super quickly making its debut at Australian Fashion Week in 2004 and then soon after the jewelry pieces were spotted on celebrities such as Drew Barrymore, Rihanna, Taylor Swift and Pink, just to name a few. And in 2019, she shocked the world by a sudden closure of the business, a very profitable business earning multi-million dollars, but she wanted to pursue a different avenue. So we're going to chat through a few of those stories, a bit of the journey, and you can read more in her newest book of Golden Dust. Let's get started. Thank you so much, Samantha Wills, for joining me today. I am super excited to chat with you. I've been following your journey for some time and I was actually featured on the Samantha Wills Foundation blog a few years ago, um, which was pretty cool at the time. So it's an absolute honor to be able to return the favor and have you on my podcast today. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's a real treat and I really do appreciate you speaking with me. Amazing. Um, And we're here to celebrate the launch of your first book that launched this week. Well, at the time of recording, it's launching next week, but once this comes out, it will have launched two days ago. So I do have a copy here, which is an absolute Ah. (laughs) simple book. Um, It's the fastest book I've ever read, to be honest. Took me a week. Oh, really? Oh, that's an an ultimate compliment. Thank you. Normally it will take me about three months and then I'll pause on a book and then I'll come back to it if I ever come back to it. So amazing. Um, And I'm excited to chat to you a little bit more um, about all of that. Amazing. Well, thank you for taking the time to read. That truly is hand on my heart, the biggest compliment. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. It was such a great read. So what I'd love to do is start at the very beginning. Um, And in your book, you sort of take us through a few moments throughout your life. Um, which was incredible. And in your childhood, it seemed like you were quite entrepreneurial, like you had this spark inside of you from an early age. And do you feel like that's a result of your environment and your parents or do you feel like you're just born that way? Yeah, I've been asked that a few times and I'm not really sure, to be honest. Like I don't look back and, and remember, you know, I don't remember it like the day that it arrived kind of thing. So I assume it, it's always been that way. And I'm an only child, so I don't know if it's an only child thing too where I just remembered I didn't I didn't like, and I can't think I talk about this in the book about like at school, if there was a school assignment, I didn't like the parameters of an assignment. Like I wanted to set the, the creation parameters. So I think there's an entrepreneurial element to that that is like, you know, I don't, I don't want this 
a boss figure. And I don't know if that's an early child thing, but, um, you know, my parents always had their own small businesses. So kind of saw the business side of things that way. But, um, yeah, I, I remember even as a tiny kid, like setting up in, in my mum's kitchen, like all the stuff out of the pantry and then trying to sell it back to my parents. Like I had a cafe. <laughs> Seems a bit exploitive now, but, um, you know, things like that. So I guess, yeah, I guess it's always been in me. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Um, and it's obviously just gotten stronger as you've gone on um one of my favorite quotes is dream big and make it your reality and I think many female entrepreneurs somewhat struggle with this in the fact that they don't dream big because they don't think it's necessarily possible for them um and so when you first started Samantha Wills Jewelry at home on your dining Mm -hmm. table did you ever imagine where it was going to go or were you just kind of putting one foot in front of the other Yeah, I mean, at the time, you know, I started, I guess, the business side of it when I was 21 years old um, and I had absolutely no idea. Um, You know, I always, I wanted it to be something because I wanted to quit my my real job and I say that with quotation marks, my real job being a nine to five. Um, So I wanted to work for myself. Um, I never, ever envisaged it would go where it did. Um, And I think that, you know, it's a, it is, at the end of the day, it is putting one foot in front of the other and when opportunities present themselves. And success doesn't always come in the, you know, the, the black and white version that we kind of put it up on this on our vision board and be like, that's where I want to I get to. And, you know, we might get there, but it's um, the path that to get to that, I think, is something that for so long I'd hold on to this one pinpoint of, you know, vision and be like, well, if I don't reach that in the way I want to in the time I envisage it happening, it's it's a fail kind of thing. So, um, you know, surrendering that over a little bit and and looking up and around rather than just like straight at this one pinpoint of, of success um, was something that took me a very long time. And I guess I'm still learning it in a way to, to see what's presenting itself along the way rather than, you know, putting blinkers on and kind of gung-ho at just this, this one point. Yeah, and I guess your definition of success has probably changed along your journey as well. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's changed so frequently, and I think it's one of those things. And especially when I think when a business starts to take off, and especially if you're getting like media, um, I guess media attention or you know media accolades, and you kind of get it, and you're like, okay, that was great. Now what's next? And it's this this hill that you're continually climbing. And I think it, a lot of the time. In my mind, I was like, oh, once we get to X or once we get to Y or once we get to Z, that's the pinnacle. And then you kind of get there and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, what is this? Okay, what's next kind of thing? And it's a, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great way to keep moving forward, but it's also a very exhausting cycle to, to continue to run on where, and you're just like, what's the next thing? Yeah. They do say success is the journey, not the destination. Absolutely. You never really get there. You never just stop. You're like, well, I'm I'm done. Yeah, you know? I've arrived. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what would you say your definition of success is now? Yeah, now I would say, um, you know, I, I suffer from anxiety uh, quite a bit and I think now success to me is longer periods without anxiety, whatever form that looks like, whether that is working more on projects that, you know, I, that I take solace in whether that's time off whatever that is but you know kind of longer stints of of calmness is is success to me at the moment um and creating in a way that um 
uh, doesn't necessarily require a commercial outcome. So, so, you know, I think for so long in, you know, having the Smart Little's jewellery business for 15 years, um, what started out as a very creative dining table enterprise uh, then, you know, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, at the end of it, I've designed over 12,000 pieces of jewellery. And I think when you're working at that pace and you're working, you know, in the end to a matrix of like, all right, well, David Jones needs X amount at this price point and we need to do this category and this, that and the other. It's, there's still obviously a, a creative element involved, but um, it's, it's, it's to fill, you know, the, the, the commerciality of it. And I think along that way, you're working so hard at, kind of gave up any of my creative hobbies because you know in in a great way my my work was my hobby as well but um you know to to create something without a commercial outcome is is a real luxury and so that to me is, is success at the moment i am coming to interrupt your listening right now because you guys can win your very own copy of samantha will's book of gold and dust all you have to do is screenshot this podcast episode share it to your stories and make sure you tag myself at jester williamson 8 and samantha at samantha wills on your stories and i will be choosing a winner on march 31st so make sure you get sharing in the meantime you can share it as many times as you like and the winner will be contacted and announced via instagram so good luck and let's get back to the interview but they often i i love this section in your book so they often say fake it till you make it or you know Mm -hmm. that sort of sentiment i'm not a huge believer in that however i do think everything does start with mindset and sort of deciding what your goals are in order to get to them you kind of have to decide where you're going um and i love in your book you shared a little story about how you pretty much manifested you know coming into the uk market and the munich market and it Mm -hmm. seemed almost magic but it's like you actually made that happen right so um I'd love you to share a little bit more about that and and was that a conscious thing and decision that you made yeah so the the story you're talking about where I was a bit naughty and um you know made up a fake person let's call her a fake person because that's what she was um I called her Renee um you know to make my business look bigger than it was and you know I was like well we need to look international, so I'm going to put London and Munich on our lookbooks and things. So um, it's, it, to me, manifestation has kind of got a bit of a, a dirty rap. It's kind of an, I feel like a very overused word in a lot of ways. But I think to me, manifestation is not necessarily, you know, this Pinterest board and, you know, all, all the dream car and holiday and, you know, house we want on it. It's, it's living at, in your mind, in your true heart of soul, um, how you where you want to be, if that makes sense. So in in that moment, in, to answer your question, in that moment, I was like, well, we're in we're in the UK market because we're in, in in my case, I put it on a lookbook, and I'm like, well, I believe it, kind of thing. So I think it's and it's that is and you know that I truly believe that was quite magical in in the book. I, I hope it comes across how awestruck I was that that actually happened. Um, but I think it's that um, vibrational meeting of like when you truly believe a truth, that is what you um, attract as well. So, um, and I think, you know, in the, the gift of hindsight of being able to write a book and reflect on this, you know, almost two decades, I, I can see so many times, and I didn't realise it at the time, but where I was all, almost living um, an existence that I then attracted. And to me, that's what manifesting is. 
Yeah. And I I speak all the time about the power of the mind and it really is so evident in your journey. And just that one example, if not, you know, throughout the entire book was you decided and you lived in that truth before anyone else can believe in it. You have to believe in it. So it's an amazing. Absolutely. And not just want it, but believe in it. And there's a, there's a really, um, really big difference. So living and it's even hard to explain in words yeah you have to be in it (laughs) that makes sense not I'm not outside looking in on it yes absolutely you have to convince yourself first yeah exactly 100% amazing um so building a brand has been a huge huge part of your journey and it's a huge theme throughout your book as well um and it's obviously a key part of building a business. Um, so, you know, you'd built an incredible community, you'd built an amazing following and did such a great job of creating a brand at a time where not as many people were, I guess, as aware of the power of a brand. So how important is a brand to building a business these days? Because people are so quick to say, I just want to do ads and I just want to do this and that and, you know, get rich kind of ideas, but brand building takes time. So how important is a brand? And secondly, what are like the key things that you think people should have in their brand elements? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think, you know, even the way that you phrase it then, there is a brand and there is a business. And I think that um, in a way the Business is the black and white sense. You know, there's a right and a wrong way to run a PL. There's a, you know, your product or service at a base level should be good to, to be launching the business in the first place. So there's kind of these black and white frameworks around business. But branding is, you know, it's completely in the eye of, um, you know, like beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It's the same thing with branding. Like something that um, resonates with me as a brand might be different to what resonates with you. So I think first and foremost, trying not to please everyone it's you you try and appease everyone you'll please no one so I think really being like okay this is who who we are firstly who we are as an authentic whether it be an individual or organization and then doing that knowing that then you know I'm talking about that attraction before then we're going out to attract people like that so that's um you know speaking your truth and 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 that authenticity authenticity another word that I think is very overused in the branding space but the, the truth around that and being like okay we're actually after these you know core people not these 20 million people is the first thing um and I think that you know it's it's that loyalty it's like people can replicate your your product they can replicate your service they can replicate your packaging but they cannot rep- they cannot replicate your story and I think if you're telling that with complete open heart you know honesty no one else on this earth has your story and that's the currency and if I think you know and given I've just written a book I am saying this a lot but that the power of storytelling and the power of vulnerable storytelling is where we we connect so it's the same with branding as well mm. and there was a part in your journey and in your story where you maybe got a little bit clouded on what your what your brand was about what you embodied yeah. you saw different ideas of success that maybe society or you know whatever that was the outward the pressures that were maybe pulling you in different directions so did you want to share a little bit about that because I think people struggle to even get started because they're not quite sure who they are or what they want their brand to be about there's society there's mum or you know their friends all of these different things so yeah yeah it's and it's so true and I think realizing that is so important 
going into launch phase in this day and age, you know, we're not only living in a time of perceived perfection and this polished image and, you know, everything's got to be perfect, um, but, you know, we're also in this generational age of taking on other people's beliefs. And like you said, whether that's you, your mom or your family or your best friend or the, you know, the society, the, the news you listen to, whatever it is. So I think, um, you know, stripping right back, and I use the concept of like this dated belief system, whereas, you know, we take on these things and then it's like, but is that really true to us, you know, as, as a brand builder? Is that really true to me or have I been on Instagram too long? Am I looking at what everyone else is doing and being like, oh, shit, if they're doing it, I should be doing it. So, you know, really keeping that clear focus of um, your, again, authenticity, but, you know, really going back to that and getting clear on, you know, and that's, you know, in a practical sense done in, um, you know, mood boarding and brand books and brand Bibles and building these documents out, um, and almost in solitude, I think it's better to kind of, you know, not be surfing the web and then pulling things. You know, obviously there's, there's the building element to it, but really taking the time to get clear on that vision um, so that when you do then, you know, whether you go out to market or you start showing people, you know, your brand offering, you, you're pretty steadfast in, in not to say that your brand won't evolve, but to have your feet really solidly on the ground to, to launch with, with a heart that, you know, is knows what what it wants and where it's going yeah no that's so so powerful um and hopefully a lot of people can take that away and create their own unique version of that so what I wanted to chat now about was you speak a lot about imposter syndrome throughout Mm -hmm. your journey in the beginning yes you know going to new um fashion week in the beginning but you had it coming up even once Taylor Swift had worn your jewelry you know pink and all of these incredible celebrities you had a huge team in Sydney as well as millions of dollars but that imposter syndrome was still there and I think a lot of people think that when you hit that you're like I've made it and you know I'm I'm confident in that but messages were still coming up for you so um what I want to know is does it did it ever get easier for you or what was sort of going through your mind and what advice would you have to anyone who's going through that? Yeah, I I wanted to, I even um, personified imposter syndrome in the book. I got its own character because it's so prevalent in my life. Um, And for so long, I was like, I just got to get rid of it. I've got to get rid of this imposter syndrome. And now I'm like, I just, I don't think it ever goes away, to be honest, to answer that question. But the point of me saying that is because I think that it takes so much energy to try and cut something out and if it's never going to go away I'm like the energy you exert to do that is just you know exhausting so um, my approach now is to learn to live alongside it and how do we you know coexist with with this being in our lives um so I'm kind of like all right you know I see you I, I hear you yep, I've got the message can you just give me 10 minutes while I you know, get XYZ done. And um, I actually was asked recently to write an op-ed um, on imposter syndrome for a, a really high-profile women's magazine. And I was like, okay, hey, this is great. So I sat down and then I'm like, you know, imposter syndrome, you know, pipes up this and then imposter syndrome was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, what do you know about imposter syndrome? And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> so it's it's something that's so prevalent in my life that um, I think it's really important to uh, separate the fact from fiction. So, um, you know, our mind can just go down rabbit holes. And I think, you know, if you make imposter syndrome a person, 
and be like, if I was in conversation with this person, would I sit here and, and be spoken to like this? And the answer is no. So I think it's like, all right, let's, um, you know, put a stop to this conversation in our mind and kind of, you know, take take a step back. Um, I think the other thing too is putting it in, would those words, if those words were said to your best friend, what would you do about it? And, you know, we wouldn't, we would not allow anyone to speak to our best friend that way. So we're not, we're not going to allow imposter syndrome to speak to us that way. And I think in, in the instance, I use this a lot. I'm like, we, we have to be the adult and, you know, I'm 39 years old. And sometimes I'm like, oh God, I just I need an adult to fix this. And I'm like, no, no, you are the adult. <laughs> so, um, you know, with the imposter syndrome, I'm like, you got to, you have to be the adult and step in on, on that conversation. Yeah. I think that is super, super important. And I think, I love your honesty and your raw vulnerability throughout the book and just throughout everything that you share online and social media and everything because so many women go through these same things and you normally do see the, you know, the celebrities are wearing your stuff and all these amazing things, but no one would ever know that that's going on behind the scenes. If yeah. And I think we tend to put people on pedestals and think when I get to that level, I'll be really problems and I'll be, you know, having a great time. But I love that you're sharing it's it's always there for you and you have just learned different strategies to separate yourself and work through that. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like even though I know those strategies are still, you know, very, very prevalent in my life. And I actually there's two quotes that I love and I'm not gonna get them right verbatim, but um the first one was by Jodie Foster and she's like, she won the Oscar and she's like, you know, I just thought they made a mistake. You know, I thought they've given this to me and they're going to take it back and it was meant for Meryl Streep. And then the next quote is a quote from Meryl Streep being like, you know, I wonder when are they going to get, when are they going to realize I don't even know how to act? It's, it's, it's all a facade. So I was like, oh my God, if Meryl Streep has, you know, imposter syndrome, then it's going to find all of us. So I think, um, I think the safer assumption is just to assume that absolutely everyone has imposter syndrome and just not many people talk about it. Yeah. Definitely. To some some degree, you know, we're all just humans at the end of the day. We totally, totally. Um, just because we've, you know, done more or sort of been more in the public eye. So, so, yeah. so that's such a strong message. Um, next, you sort of spoke a lot about burnout as well. And look, anyone would burn out if they're flying all over the world every few weeks, China, Sydney, New York, they're nowhere near each other. They're on the other side. (laughs) Um, Plus you had a whole team in Sydney, a lot of personal commitments, speaking events, like personal life as well. Mm -hmm. But then to top it off, you spoke about a major breakup that you had in the book as well. Um, So like anyone would have probably broken at that point and burnout would have been a huge, huge challenge. So how do you manage burnout now? Have you learnt a lot of um, things throughout, going through a lot of periods of burnout throughout your journey? Um, and, yeah, what did you learn from that? You know, I wish I could tell you that I learnt so much and, you know, I, I see when I'm going to burn out now, so I don't. But um, as, you know, I shared before we started recording that my computer, I accidentally wiped my computer this morning and so I have been um, on the floor just like pretty much in tears all morning in the fetal position talking to Apple. <laughs> so, you know, that's a form of burnout too. But I, I don't handle stress well. I'm the first to admit that. I think, um, you know, the story that you share in 
that I um, share in the book, I kind of liken it to a Jenga tower and there was just so many, so much going on and but all the moving pieces were kind of holding all the other pieces up and then when one piece moves, the whole thing falls over. So, you know, I can definitely identify when I'm, you know, pretty much at my breaking point. Um, having said that, I... And I, I hope this comes out the right way. Sometimes the, the best thing is to burn out because then you realise, you know, sometimes you've got to hit that rock bottom to take a moment and put the pieces back together and take moving forward with you what you need. And whether that be a relationship breakdown, whether that be your computer shitting itself and it just a mess, um, whether that be a health issue, whatever it is, you know, there's there's a reason for for a burnout and um, not to say it's, it's something you should be seeking out, but I think that sometimes we need those, you know, kind of hitting those really hard walls, I think, in life to really reassess um, what is important and, and what's not pending, you know, the topic that it's hitting. So, yeah, I wish I, wish I had a, a, a more learnt answer, but, yeah, I'm, I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, and partly, you know, not feeling guilty for taking that time out as well when you need it. Yeah, and I think it's such a thing, right? We we assume that everyone else cares so much if we, you know, aren't there on time or we have to cancel a dinner or we have to, you know, X, Y, Z. But I'm like, everyone, everyone's thinking the same way. So everyone's just worried that everyone else thinks they're not doing a good enough job. So no one's really worrying that no one else is doing a good enough job, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, in addition to assuming everyone has imposter syndrome, assume everyone's very selfish and just worried about what everyone else thinks about them. So everyone's good. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's such a way to put it. As I said, thanks for being so open and honest. We've chatted through quite a few things um, in this chat so far and you share a ton, ton more in your book. But I wanted to know, what is one of your highlights? I mean, there's been a ton, I'm sure. Um, but what is one thing that you were just like, wow, I can't believe I did that or that was such a happy, great time? Um, yeah. I mean, oh, all of them. And I think to, to have to write the book and to re, be able to re-reflect on them and, and put them into a story format to, to relive them um, was very surreal. I mean, seeing Pink perform at the Grammys, um, you know, after I'd named a collection after her, then she performed that song, that which I share in the book, was, you know, very, very surreal. To have product on sex in the city still seems like a surreal thing to come out of my mouth. Um, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, so to to have dressed her a few times is a dream come true. But um, Did you get to meet her? I didn't, unfortunately. But I think I'd just ruin the relationship if I met her. I'd just, like, do something stupid. So it's probably, it's probably one of those don't meet your idols kind of situations. <laughs> but um, I don't just all of it. I, I think to, you know, all of it sounds very um, broad, but I think it's just uh, such a surreal journey that I didn't anticipate that level at all. And, but I think out of all of it, and I hope this comes across in the book, that it, it surpassed me so long ago, even though the brand was called Samantha Wills. It, it was, you know, it surpassed me many, many years ago. There's so many people that worked on that brand. And I think to for someone to come and work um, on a brand, specifically a namesake brand that you've you know, ever so modestly named after yourself, um, requires such an amount of grace and the people that, you know, I had the such privilege to work alongside on that journey was definitely the highlight. And, again, you know, something that you attract into your life and I'm just so grateful. So I, I hands down say the people that, that have helped me get to where I am and, and working alongside them is, is an ongoing highlight. 
Oh, incredible. It's been such an amazing journey to watch. Um, I'd love to know what's next. Are you back in Sydney full time now? Yeah, so I came back just um, in two thousand, the end of 2019, so kind of just before the, the big bushfires and then COVID and, you know, I was, I was planning to reverse my time. So I used to do six weeks New York, 10 days Sydney consistently and I was kind of, you know, not going to do that crazy travel but be back and forth a lot. But, you know, the universe has other plans for us at the minute. So I think, um, yeah, I'm definitely in, in Sydney indefinitely at the moment. Um and, you know, the, with the book coming out, I'm, I'm really excited for her to be out in the world. And, you know, she's meant to be out this time last year. Um, so to have another year to add those final chapters in around the health um, stories was a real blessing at this point. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to follow her on her journey and, and see where she goes. Um, I've got a masterclass coming out um, in the next few months as well, which is kind of a handing over. You know, we started talking about brand at the start and it's very much you know, a handing over of the heart space of, of brand creation. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm telling stories, so whether that's through a book, whether that's through a masterclass, conversations like this one um, is, is what's next for me at the moment. Amazing. So, so exciting. So, um, since we are here to celebrate this amazing mm-hmm. book that you've spent the last couple of years doing, where can people get their hands on it? Let everyone know so they can oh. It's it's available where all good books are sold. <laughs> That's my promo voice. Um, it's if you go to um, you know link in my bio at Instagram, we'll have all the bookstores available. Um, it's available in all major bookstores, online, ebook, um, audiobook, all the books. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I will include all of that in the show notes. So everyone can jump on if they haven't already pre-ordered it because oh. I also have one on pre-order on its way. <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> what I I've actually decided to do since I'm getting two now I am going to be giving one of them away to one of the listeners which is going to be very very exciting so make sure you all screenshot this episode share it on your Instagram and tag myself and Samantha Wills um, and you might win yourself one of these amazing books (laughs) thank you so much for joining me and for always being your amazing authentic self Um, been an absolute pleasure oh thank you so much for having me on and um you know these conversations are so important so thank you for the work you're doing and facilitating them and the real talk um it's so so important so it's my absolute pleasure thank you thanks again if you enjoyed that episode make sure you hit that subscribe button and share this on your social media because you could win one of samantha's amazing books of golden dust until next time See you guys soon.